Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Well, as we continue our series on the commissioning texts for the church from the Gospels, we begin with one of the most important for helping us discern the nature of our call to be sent into the world while refraining from becoming of the world. Today, we will hear from one of our elders, Phil Ketela, as he shares with us from a very fitting passage for this Father's Day out of the Gospel of John. Thanks for listening. Good morning to all of you. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, those that are like fathers, of course. We, uh, I'm amazed at this church with all the young people. They're not all here today. The Holesworths are missing, so obviously we're missing a whole bunch of kids here. <laughs> if you're here normally, we usually have about 15, 20 up here, it seems, but then I guess 75% of them are Holesworths, probably. <laughs> But it is, it just amazes me with the young young men that are leading their families, uh, you know, in God's in God's calling, in God's way. Um, we did, uh, we also saw another picture of the um, flunkers out in California. He sent a picture of the gas prices out there. So I think, I think I know what he's doing with that extra money we sent him. He's helping pay for the, the fuel. <laughs> but uh, Lisa... Um, Boy, your uh, your kids' message. I know I'm gonna have to say a prayer before I give a message because uh, I want to be a decent teacher and following God's way. And uh, as you said, Pastor Ryan is just wonderful in how he leads us. And uh, I hope I can only just do part of what he does there. So, would you please bow your heads in prayer with me, <clears throat> Heavenly Father? We are so thankful. We do give thanks with a grateful heart for all that you've done in sending your son Jesus to us to be the sacrifice for our sins that is needed. And we just ask that you would uh, be with us this beautiful day, this Father's Day, and that we would remember you, our Heavenly Father, that we would seek your direction and guidance and study your word for that direction in our lives. We just thank you for this day. Ask that your uh, your word would go forth and not come back empty. We just love you, Lord, and thank you so much. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, who remembers uh, the TV show Father Knows Best? Anyone here? I see a show of hands because I'm sure there's not many. I don't believe so. Right now? How's that? Okay. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to hear <laughs> Okay, who remembers the TV show Fathers Knows Best? They saw a few hands. Oh, now there's a bunch more. That's surprising because that show was from 1954 to 1960, which is actually, uh, it started before I was even born. That long ago. I thought I was old, but that show was really old. How about Andy Griffith? Who remembers the Andy Griffith? Yeah. That was uh, another... Uh, show I believe that we uh, really liked just because of how Andy was portrayed as such a kind and gentle but yet firm father there to Opie. Uh, here's another one. How about Archie Bunker? Uh, not exactly a father figure. I think we should uh, use as an example uh, for, for that. Uh, probably one of our first TV shows that had uh, language that <clears throat> we don't really, that we see common nowadays. Um, 
How about uh, Everybody Loves Raymond? That was another another show where uh, the father figure was portrayed and probably not really a uh, kind of more of a bumbling uh, type of guy and stuff. Uh, not another good example. Um, as you noticed, all of these are TV shows that uh, have the father as a central figure. Um, they're all created from the culture of the time and probably for our entertainment because that's what TV is. Uh, to a certain extent, they were realistic for their times, but not a good example of how to raise a family <clears throat> or how to direct the family in their own good. Uh, I don't have a lot of memories of my father, kind of because I got a poor memory, but uh, I know I remember one time when he, he had to go to Green Bay for uh, back surgery. Uh, him and my mom went down there. <clears throat> I was a 16-year-old, left home alone, you know, the last of the seven kids, but uh, left home alone. My brother lived next door. Of course, uh, as you can imagine, a 16-year-old being left home alone with uh, dad's fairly new Ford pickup truck. Um, <laughs> what's the old saying, when the cat's away, the mice will play? Well, yeah, I did. I crashed that truck into a telephone pole. And, uh, you know, just uh, not, not a good memory, but uh, my father... <laughs> I remember really feeling that bad because uh, I lost some of my dad's respect because when he came back, he didn't lay into me as I fully expected him to and he, as, uh, as I deserved. But he, uh, he gave me grace, uh, just the grace that we, we know what our Heavenly Father gives us. Uh, so as we look for direction in our lives and maybe try to live our lives by the example of how we uh, were raised, some of the good and bad examples. There is one father we can look to for guidance and direction and instruction, and that's our Heavenly Father. Pastor Ryan has been leading us in the past couple of weeks on a series called Show and Tell. Messages designed to remind us and help us see, as Christians, what God our Father has instructed us to do in our walk while here on this earth. The first week we saw how we are designed by God through bearing his image. We are to reveal God in his creation. Because we are made in God's image, redeemed by the blood of Jesus and controlled by the spirit, we can reveal and reflect him to this world. Then last week we heard that to be blessed by God is a blessing that we pass on to others. He mentioned how blessing is dimensional in that, <clears throat> in that as we are blessed by God horizontally, or vertically, I'm sorry, we in turn pass that blessing on to others horizontally. We are to reflect more of God and less of me. And in the words of Pastor Ryan, I had to repeat this one from last week, and in the words of Pastor Ryan, turn to your neighbor and say, it's less of you. <laughs> turn to your neighbor and say, it's less of you. There you go. Need a drink of water after that. <laughs> to be blessed by God is to be woven into His mission, and that is to go, show, and tell. To be blessed by God is to be given what we don't deserve, which is His grace, His mercy, and His love. So for today, we'll be reading in the book of John, chapter 20, verse 21. And even though it's only a 
single verse contains a lot of direction. Direction from our Heavenly Father for our lives. So as you turn to John 20, 21. We read, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So there's three observations that I see from this passage. And the first being God's peace. The second is Jesus' instructions. And the third is time to go. Seems like Jesus is telling his disciples and also to you and me. Okay, guys, let's take a deep breath. Um, I'm going to be sending you out on a mission, and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. So put your trust in me and remember all that I've taught you because your time has come. So we know if we've been to one of Pastor Ryan's Bible studies, then those things are a little bit shorter in his sermons, but not by much. <laughs> if we've been to one of his Bible studies, the word again appears, and so that indicates that we need to look back to see what happened before. So let's look back at verses 19 and 20. And I've got that here. I know. In John chapter 20, verse 19, it reads, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. The word peace indicates that there must be some sort of turmoil or fear. And we can see that it says the disciples were fearful of the Jews, those of their own that had condemned Jesus and the followers, Jesus' followers, and uh, were looking for them. And also, I would imagine if a person that you thought was dead came walking through some locked doors, we'd be a little bit scared. I know I would. So this peace that Jesus talks about, it isn't a, world, a worldly peace, but it's God's peace. Peace that Jesus had left for us so we wouldn't be troubled. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus tells his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This peace that he's speaking of, it isn't uh, a distance from danger or turmoil. This peace is being close to God, a nearness to God. A peace that leads you to do something the world and our human nature tells us not to do because it's crazy and it's scary and it's probably going to hurt you either physically or emotionally. I don't know how many of you people might have watched or seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge. It came out in 2016. Uh, it's a pretty graphic show, movie, but uh, it sure uh, shows what we're speaking of here. And it's the true story of Private Desmond Doss, who won the Congressional Medal of Honor 
despite refusing to bear arms or to take up a gun, a rifle, during, during World War II. And that was because of his, uh, his religious grounds, his beliefs. Das was drafted and ostracized by his fellow soldiers for his view, for his stance on this. But he went on to earn respect and adoration for his bravery, his selflessness and compassion after he risked his own life and saved 75 men from the battlefield. If you've seen that show, he was climbing a cliff and he would tell God, let me get one more. Um, just amazing uh, what he did in following God's, God's direction because of his, his instruction. His, his rate being raised in the, in the godly home. The second, <clears throat> second observation we see in Jesus' words that we read, as the Father has sent me, which can be seen as Jesus' instructions. Jesus' instructions are. God sent Jesus to us for the sacrifice that was needed to justify us to God because we are such great sinners. As John the Baptist had said when he saw Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Also, Jesus, Jesus was sent to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah. The Jews thought this Messiah, Jesus, was coming to overthrow the Roman government and lead them to freedom. But just as God does everything differently than what the world thinks, so... He sent Jesus to save them and us from our sins and have eternal life with him. As we heard from Peggy's reading in Genesis about uh, the story of Abram, God said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Now Abram was 75 years old. Uh, I think if I'm 75, I'm not too interested in leaving my country, my household, and my nice settlings and uh, take off someplace, but he believed God and he listened to God's direction. I can't imagine doing that. But when we are truly wanting to follow God, he tells us to do the unimaginable. When Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, he is also telling those that Jesus chose to pass on this message of salvation that it's not going to be easy. These many chose that would go forth to spread the good news of grace and redemption through Jesus. They would suffer in many ways just as Jesus had suffered. The world didn't want to hear this. They didn't want to hear about Jesus and his uh, saving grace. Kind of what uh, nowadays, probably familiar to us for nowadays, what we're hearing when Jesus is spoken or preached. In Matthew 10, verse 17, Jesus tells his disciples, Be on your guard against men. They'll hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. It can be hard to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and it's going to get harder, but we can do his work when we keep our eyes upon Jesus and pray for strength through the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question now. Do you think Jesus had a little trepidation uh, when he knew what was coming, uh, what was what was coming up ahead? 
you kind of knew what was coming up ahead, of course. So if we look in uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 44, we'll see that three times he asked for this not to happen, and if it had to happen, that it would be God's will that would happen. So in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 36, we read that, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. You know, in a, in a way, this kind of comforts me knowing that uh, Jesus was human and, and was, you know, anxious about what might be coming up ahead. We all have that in our lives with certain situations. It, it, it's tough, but we can, we can do that. We can rely on him because um, in Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 15, it reads, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. What a blessing it is to know that we can lean on Jesus because he knows what human suffering is like, having experienced it himself and the worst of it, really. The last observation that I see is in Jesus' words to, to his disciples of, I am sending you, or it's time to go. Time to go, guys. They had their marching orders, so to speak, which if you look at the top of our bulletin on the front, that's what it's, I don't have that in front of me here, but it's telling us about uh, our marching orders, right? So just as in the military, we you first receive your basic training, then you go on for some technical school for further instruction for that specific field of work. And only after you receive all this instruction does the soldier then go out to do his duty. He is sent and does what he is instructed to do. He receives his marching orders. In John 17, verses 15 through 18, we read in Jesus' prayer for his disciples. You can hear the pages, that's great to hear. Pages of the Bible. People looking at them. 
John 17, verses 18, or I'm sorry, verses 15 through 18, Jesus tells his disciples in his prayer for them, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And in the reading that we heard earlier in Luke uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, we heard of Jesus sending out the 12 disciples to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. But this wasn't until, this wasn't until they, after they had received their instructions and teaching from Jesus. And if you also noticed, they were told not to take anything, no extra clothes, no money, no brown bag lunch, nothing. <laughs> and I'm sure this was to show that uh, we can depend solely on God's provision in our lives. In Luke's other book he wrote, in the book of Acts, we read in chapter 1, verse 1, Luke tells how in his former book he wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So after Jesus' after Jesus's ascension, he came back, just as we had read in John chapter 20. He came back to give his disciples their marching orders, what they were to do. So how do we apply this in our lives? How do we go forth? And I think we all, we all know we've heard enough of Pastor Ryan's teaching, and, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great to have the Bible. We need the Bible to uh, help us through. So as Christians, we can see through God's Word how we are directed by our Heavenly Father, that with His, with His peace and after faithful instruction, we are to go and preach to all nations about repentance and forgiveness of sins because of what Jesus did for us. Through prayer and meditating on God's word, he will direct you. And what does the uh, message in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tell us? We probably all have read that how many times and know it uh, pretty much by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, you will make your path straight or direct you in your paths is another way to put it. He will direct you in how to spread the good news. I remember... <coughs> I remember a time when, uh, boy, this is, this is, I remember a time when uh, our missionary in Africa was um, praying and needing water. They were rationing water in spoonfuls to the people there. And uh, so we had, uh, we had told them, you know, um, see how much it'd be for a well. And they got the estimate. And of course it was a lot more than we, me and Peggy were thinking we could uh, afford. And as I was praying on one time on my knees, 
uh, I heard a strange noise. And as you should always do in your prayers, when you're interrupted, you get up and move. <clears throat> Not really, of course. But God directed me to get up and investigate what this noise was. So over in our kids' room, uh, playroom, there was a kitchen set. And there was a fridge and a stove with a, a knob. <clears throat> if you turn the knob, the burner would come on and make a noise like something is cooking there. And there was also a sink there. And I think you know where I'm going with this. There, uh, if you turn the handle on the sink, the faucet would make a water noise, noise of running water. So in the middle of my prayer, no one around, God had turned on that water to make it, make it run and gave me the answer to the prayer I was asking, what to do. Pretty amazing when you uh, are led by God and you follow through on his direction because uh, there's a whole another sermon or message on that whole, whole deal, how he provided and he directed and uh, we were able to fulfill his, his work, his mission. So there are many ways <clears throat> to spread the good news. Either like a missionary, like uh, Sam and Kayla Schaefer, or the Hill family, um, people that have given up so much from a worldly sense to go and bring the good news and preach the good news of God, of Jesus, what Jesus has done for us. And we can be missionaries, either in helping finance those people that go forth, or in uh, just our local community, in our workplace, uh, in our neighborhood. We can be missionaries right there and bringing that good news. We just, we just need to be at peace with God and His leading in our lives, along with being prepared through study and instruction of His Word. A lot like Lisa was saying earlier, we need to open up the Bible and let God speak to us. He'll, he'll lead us. As we understand then that we are designed by God and blessed by Him, and as we realize the amazing grace He has bestowed on us, we can go as He directs us with the same mission the first disciples had, which was to go, show, and tell about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you all for listening. Uh, God's grace and peace be upon you all. Thank you.